Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade, and we ain't stopping now. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 10th season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your hosts, Jay and Dre. Welcome in. It's finally almost time for the big game tomorrow. We have been waiting two weeks, as has been the custom for a number of years now. Well, we're so old. Remember when they used to go right to the Super Bowl the next week after? That was that was a long time ago, but they don't do that anymore. We got two weeks of hype, and now the big game is upon us tomorrow in Glendale, Arizona, Super Duper Bowl 57, and we are here to preview that and tell you all about our awards for the championship weekend. This is In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here live with you on a Saturday night. February the 11th, 2023. I'm Dre, he's Jay. I know I don't sound like I usually do because I'm on the phone. I'm once again at my wife's uncle's house, and the computer connection and the Wi-Fi was crappy as usual before the show, so I just said screw that and got off of that and got on the speakerphone. Jay, uh, how's the speakerphone so far? So far I can hear everything you're saying, and that's what counts. I might sound underwater, but at least we're catching all the words. So that's that's the key. That's what counts. It makes it a lot easier uh, when I can understand every word and not every third word. I'm sure. Although, you've done a great job of understanding every third word and continuing to show as if you heard everything I was saying. So <laughs> was that was that draft was that was a draft show a few years ago that was the <laughs> one where you were completely unintelligible for the whole show, but somehow I managed to keep the conversation going. Yeah, you're like, yeah, yeah, I understand, yeah. I'm like, how did you understand? I'm listening back, how did you understand anything I was saying? I was breaking up so bad. Yeah. Uh, just, so, yeah, it's, it's what we have to do sometimes. I, I pieced it together. But, I, no, I've uh, I've managed to avoid most of the of the pregame hype. I missed the whole – I didn't pay any attention to media week or anything. So I'm just ready for the game. I'm ready for your uh, your final pick. In you know to end what's been our closest, probably most competitive season in a while, uh, mm-hmm. where we had a regular season where we only finished one game different. So this is this is going to be fun. Uh, but first, we got to recap championship week and uh, give us credit for not spoiling that on the last show. We we kept it uh, all business last week with honors and dishonors, and we did not spoil what we were going to be doing for this show, uh, which wasn't easy uh, to. Right. To, to to not give any hints or uh, drop anything as far as what we were going to be giving for our awards for this week. And uh, you said that you have had your Super Bowl pick since two weeks ago. We'll test that at the end of the show. That's right. I've had my moment of clarity, and instead of torturing myself for two weeks going back and forth, I had that moment where I said, oh, I'm taking this team, and I haven't thought about it. I haven't given it any doubt, any second thought since, which has uh, been a, a much better two weeks for me, much better sleep, uh, 
you, you would think I had a lot of money riding on these pigs the way I, I grind and uh, ex- exercise myself over them, but it's just me just trying to be a perfectionist and wanting to win every pick that I make. But, uh, yeah, this time I knew who I liked, and that's it. No uh, no, no second doubts about that, so we'll get to that at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah this is the Express uh, football party. This is the 16-minute version. <laughs> We're going to give you our championship weekend thoughts, our best and worst and smartest and dumbest and what the fucks and all of that good stuff. And then I get the plugs going, and then we'll come back with our actual picks for the Super Duper Bowl. As far as our handicapping system, our contest between me and Jay, um, if you're listening, you uh, already know that that's down to one pick. I'm in the lead, but Jay can catch me if I lose, and he takes the opposite. So, therefore, uh, I get the honors. The onus is on me. I have to be correct and pick the winner. Uh, It will suck if I lose. But at least I didn't grind it out and go back and forth and then pick the loser, which uh, should have happened uh, several years ago when I debated the, uh, I think it was the Seahawks and the Patriots game and finally came down on the side of the Patriots, who should have lost that game if not for Russell Wilson. Oh, yep. boy. Which cost me the whole season. On that one play, because they refused to give the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line. Uh, ah, memories. You want to talk about just a sick, sick feeling. <laughs> the people who have money oh, on boy. It, I'm sure they, they so have some that, serious that's stories. The, that's the magic question. Do you have money on this Super Bowl? <laughs> um, it's going to be some – yeah, uh, these, these sports books, they are, they've got their hooks in me. They know how to uh, hook the, the, the gambler who doesn't know how to quit, which would be me. Uh, they know how to give a lot of freebies and a lot of bonuses. So, yeah, they, 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 they definitely got some of my money. Uh, already tied up. There's going to be some more that I put on the line uh, tomorrow before the game starts. Uh, some, you know, parlays here and there about yardage and, and you know, things like that. It's not going to be a, a, a humongous amount of money, but yes, I will have. Uh, I will be backing up my pick uh, with, with some cash. Nice. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. <laughs> sure makes you feel very, very good. My confidence uh, level just skyrocketed. I bet. The best thing to me about championship weekend a couple of weeks ago, Patrick Mahomes will not die. That was one of the gutsiest performances uh, that I think I've ever seen. I I, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but damn, that guy, you could clearly tell he was not anywhere near 100%, just one of the gutsiest outings that I've ever seen, just full stop. No, no, uh, no filler, no, nothing else needs to be put on that. Uh, Clearly not 100%. Every time he ran, it looked like he hit the parking brake, uh, but he did what he had to do. He, he started out decently running the ball in, uh, in that game against the Bengals, but as the game went on, you could tell, you know, a little slower, a little slower, a little more gimpy. Obviously that one play where he's trying to throw backwards the other way and, and really putting a lot of torque and pressure on that uh, on that ankle sprain and, and came up limping and, and grimacing, and you could really tell that it yeah. was doing a lot of uh, – doing a lot of damage to, to try to win that game. But he, it, it's the Bengals. He knew he had to, to gut it out. He knew uh, it was a very tough win. It was a very tough team. He knew he had to do everything he possibly could to win that thing. Um, he, he was struggling, though. He, clearly, he was, uh, he, was, he was doing the Joe Namath out there. He was, he was struggling, uh, but he was struggling. 
But the fact that he got through that and, and got the victory, um, even the fact that he was not 100% running on that very last play where he, he guts through and, go, and gets out of bounds and gets the late hit to put him in field goal range, I think if he was full speed, Pat, he doesn't get the late hit because he's already out of bounds. He already made it. I think him being slow and hobbled helped on that play because it allows the guy to come over and hit him late. I think the old Pat would have already been past uh, that, that point and been out of bounds. So it's a weird way of saying it, but him, him being hurt actually helped out the Chiefs on that play. Uh, but that was the best thing to me was watching Patrick Mahomes, uh, an absolute legacy performance, uh, whatever hurt game in the other sports that you want to bring up, the Willis-Reed game in the NBA, the Kirk Gibson game in baseball, this was Patrick Mahomes' legendary uh, playthrough and do what you got to do to get the win play, and, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, you you were all over that. I mean, you you've been you were slobbering. Mahomes right away, and I knew that was going to be your best of the week, so I actually did not give that my best of the week, although I thought that was a, a strong contender. Um, but yeah, no, Mahomes was clearly hobbled. He was short-arming a bunch of throws. He couldn't step into them. I mean, you know, to still put up the stat line that he put up, you know, throwing for, you know, 326, no picks, um, you know, didn't get really sacked a lot, was still able to dance around in the pocket, but he was clearly not you know, anywhere close to a hundred percent and, and to, you know, be losing for chunks of that game or tied for portions of that game and still be able to gut out that final drive and, and just get those yards when they needed them and then get the, get the hit out of bounds get the extra 15. Um, yeah. It's hard to take anything away from what Mahomes did. And, you know, the chiefs, they punched their ticket. They earned it. They for sure earned it. Um, the Bengals uh, gave them gave them a hand a handful. So you're your but, best of championship weekend. Uh, yeah, I hate to go to the other game because it was almost a non-game, but circumstances being what they are, I, I'm still going to say the best thing to me was was that Eagles defense. That that Eagles defense was everywhere in that game, and I understand that they they knocked Brock Purdy out early and that the Niners were forced to go to their fourth-string quarterback, who then the Eagles concussed and knocked out of the game as well, and leaving Brock Purdy to come back in and throw with a blown arm, um, which was – that was something. But I don't care what the circumstances were. When you only allow 164 total yards to your opponent with three sacks and three fumbles uh, and fumbles and fumble recoveries, you dominate it. I mean, they put themselves, that defense put themselves in position to go to the Super Bowl. People are like, oh, you know, Purdy getting hurt. But the, the Eagles caused that. <laughs> the defense getting there, Hassan Reddick getting there early, um, get, hitting the arm, causing the fumble. You know, they, they made things happen that whole game. And I'm just, you know, the Eagles offense didn't have to do much, uh, you know, because that game was pretty much over from the get-go especially once Purdy went out of the game and you saw what the Niners were going to have to struggle along with for the rest of that game. So I, I, you can't, you can only beat the team that you're playing. And uh, even though the Eagles offense didn't really light things up because they were playing a stellar defense in the Niners, that Eagles defense really stood up. It's hard to take anything away from the Eagles defense. Uh, it would, 
every defense would love to knock out the uh, the starting quarterback to to start the game. Yep. Um, that, that, and that's everyone's dream. And <laughs> well, the backup wasn't doing anything. They didn't have to knock Josh Johnson out. He was knocking himself out. He was clearly not uh, ready for that spot uh, for that moment. But yeah, it was uh, it was quite the uh, the outing by the Eagles defense. Uh, you know, not going to give them any shade at all. Uh, they they absolutely dominated. But that's uh, the worst to me is what happened with with Brock Purdy um, and the uh, the San Francisco House of Cards collapsing upon itself as Kyle Shanahan just tried to keep piecing it together, keep keep putting each card very carefully in place and trying to uh, move it along with that third string QB that. Uh, was one pick away from being an undrafted quarterback, um, and, and he was he was right there. He was he was pieced up all the way to the conference title game, one win away from the Super Bowl, and then in one fell swoop, the Eagles uh, send Hassan Reddick on a blitz, and he strips Brock Purdy on the first drive, and they're, they're lucky the rest blew the ball dead. Um, uh, thought it was an incomplete pass, or else that could have been fourteen nothing because Philly was going to pick that up and run it all the way in. Uh, but as it turned out, the UCL uh, ligament uh, on Brock Purdy's arm got bent and busted up and torn and uh, stretched like a rubber band and, and reflexed back and, and made the, the uh, empty hand hit the ball forward so fast that the rest thought it was a forward pass uh, in real time, but it wasn't. Um, so he hurts his elbow, uh, didn't know how bad at the time, but a torn UCL. So here comes backup number three, uh, quarterback number four, Josh Johnson, um, and Reddick baptized him too, and almost stripped him upright uh, as soon as he got in the game. Uh, it, it was it was ugly. It was only so much uh, Shanahan could do. Um, if he couldn't scheme it up on the, the Eagles' defense with Purdy, and if it wasn't uh, his, you know, if it wasn't Purdy's day, if it, if he wasn't the answer in the link, uh, that's fine. That's understandable. That's one thing. But to go out like this, to go out uh, so ugly, just an awful, agonizing painful, slow death it was uh, for the 49ers to just, you know, Josh Johnson uh, gets knocked out eventually uh, by Dominican Sue, um, as you said, bringing Purdy in to just hand it off and throw screens. Ugh, it, it was just, it was awful. It was clearly the worst thing of, of the weekend to me. I concur. Uh, it was also my worst of the week. Niners, uh, Niners being forced to play with no quarterbacks. Uh, basically, and hand that game to the Eagles. It was basically a no contest, uh, incomplete. How do you even? How do you know what to make of the Eagles going into the Super Bowl off of that game? Now, again, I gave my best of the week to their defense because the defense made the plays to you know knock those players out to get to the sacks, to get the fumbles. So they were you know, and then once the quarterback sort of quandary started they didn't let up uh, there was definitely no let up in in the eagles they they just kept it coming the whole game and it was clear after a while even then when they put uh, purdy back in and it was clear that the most he could do was throw the ball to the line of scrimmage if he was lucky um that, that was that was a hard watch um the other thing to me that's part of that sort of multifaceted for worst of the week is the insurance policy for, for Brock Purdy being Josh Johnson is, is a massive failure by the 49ers to, to not I don't go get some retread backup go get some random Allen but you're already out there with the last pick in the draft who's got this storybook season going and your insurance policy for him 
was Josh Johnson. And that's when the Shanahan magic ran out because he wasn't, he wasn't going to come in and pull the magic act twice. Um, so I, I also put that as a failure on the Niners. Uh, they had a lot of time basically over that last eight to 10 weeks, because, you know, Purdy played the last eight games after Jimmy G went down. The Niners had time to make sure that there was somebody behind Purdy little bit more competent and that kind of jumped up and, and bit them in the ass. Well, think about it. They were kind of holding on to the possibility of uh, Jimmy G. Yeah. Back by now. There was, there was a rumor and there was a thought that he could have been back in time, but it turned out to, to not be so, but yeah, and there they are. Um, Shock. There wasn't a little bit more wildcat action in that game, but I mean, we can talk about X's and O's in that game. I mean, it was a 31 to seven game. Kind of no game plan for no. both my quarterbacks are hurt. What do I do now? There's yeah, you know, there's only so much you can do X and X's and O's wise in that scenario. Not even Kyle Shanahan was prepared for that. So yeah, we both are in complete agreement that that was the worst of the week. And it was a hard watch because you just I felt bad for the Niners. I really did. I want even if the Niners were going to ultimately lose, you don't want to see somebody go out like like that. No, that was awful. Yeah, that's about the, the the worst way you could go out. Like I said, if it was something where you you steamed it up for Purdy and he just couldn't execute and he uh, you know wasn't up for the moment, yeah. then okay, then then that happens. But this was not the way they wanted to go out at all. Nobody planned on that, and yeah, it was it was it was terrible to watch. Yeah, watching watching the Niners bleed out before the ambulance could arrive was not fun. <laughs> uh, not at all. So the smartest thing that I saw a couple of weeks ago to me was about my guy, my X factor, Chris Jones. Don't you ever, ever disrespect Arrowhead. He said it after the game. He correctly took the trash talk uh, that the Bengals are using and used it to fuel himself and his team and his defensive line. His first two sacks of his postseason career, I called for him to get three, so I was dead wrong on that, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, he was the man for the uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, and you, you had to get after the Bengals. You had to get after Joe Burrow. You had to get, off, get after that awful offensive line. And Chris Jones did that. He made sure that he was the factor in that game. Um, and I really did think that he was using all of that all week as motivation to, to get himself over the hump. Uh, and they don't win that game without Chris Jones because that defensive effort against Joe Burrow, uh, uh, he was making great plays, and the Bengals are right there uh, at the end anyway. But to, to stop him from making the, the over-the-top plays and, and putting the Bengals in front uh, and pulling away, uh, it took that pass rush uh, of the Chiefs and specifically Chris Jones to do that. So I think that was very smart of him to use that as motivation. Yeah, no, and you were right. That was your best, uh, clearly your best X-Factor call of the postseason. Oh, definitely. You know, I, I had a couple early. You got that one late. So, yeah, that was a really good call on your part. Um, I'm going to say that the the best to me was, you know, we don't. you never want to really give a team credit for sort of taking their foot, you know, off the throat of the other team. But the one thing I did like was that the Eagles were clearly resting Jalen Hurts as that game wore on. 
And and that to me is that's very smart. He's nursing a bad shoulder. They weren't putting him in any bad positions. He only aired out a couple of deep throws, which were massively overthrown uh, balls with uh, to AJ Brown. But his shoulder was bad. They just said we're just going to you know grind it out with the run game. And then all of a sudden, here it is. It's Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott and Miles Sanders, and they they completely went turtle on offense but it was enough you know and the Niners kept kicking uh, shooting themselves in the foot with penalties and getting a little red ass late in that game to extend some drives and protecting the quarterback with the bad shoulder um, was definitely the smartest thing to do and not putting him in harm's way especially as the Niners started getting a little uh little chippy and cheap late in that game yeah certainly that uh, but just in general, you look over at the other team and you say, um, I don't think they have any quarterbacks left. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think they can mount any kind of comeback because I don't think they have anyone I can throw the ball forward to throttle it down at that point is definitely the smart thing to do and really the, the only call to make because they, they, they can't do anything. The other the Niners could not mount, mount a comeback. They literally had nobody on their team that could throw the ball forward in the second half. That's that's amazing, um, and it and it kind of calls into question. I've heard this talked about a lot about uh, what happened to the to the emergency quarterback rule that the NFL used to have. Yeah. They used to have a guy that wasn't uh, dressed on the active roster, but if both the active quarterbacks went down, then he would be allowed to put on a uniform and get in the game as the emergency. Right. Um, I don't know why that. Why did that rule go away? Was there a clamoring to get rid of the emergency quarterback? I don't. No, why that I, I don't so, know because then you could just because then you could just bring along a guy from the practice squad who's be the emergency quarterback. And my I, my understanding was is if that guy got into the game, the other two were not qualified to come back. Which is fine because they weren't going to come back. No, I'm just saying <laughs> well, that. But that was yeah. I believe that was the sort of the stipulation. You didn't see it a lot, but it did happen. But. Yeah, there were a whole there were a whole lot of things thrown around this last week. Don't worry, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, one guy was dumplings, and the other guy had uh, yeah. Tommy John was blown. So no, they weren't going to come back. Yeah, I know. I was, I was no. <laughs> it didn't matter who the emergency quarterback was at that point. Uh, so the dumbest of the week. This is where I predict we both will agree. Uh, Joseph Osai. Yeah, clearly. No, we are. You have the floor. I agree 100%. <laughs> I concur. This is ding, ding, ding. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go on too long. Clear late hit on Pat Mahomes as yeah. he's scrambling at the end of the game. Uh, Cincinnati's frustrated at Pat scrambling and giving his all, but you cannot let that emotion o- overcome your intelligence. That was obvious. They were so far out of bounds. like They were almost off the white of the out of bounds. Yeah. They were almost on the, on the gray, on the – uh, where the players are standing in the in the personnel and whatnot, like they were way out of bounds when when Osai uh, decided to shove Patrick Mahomes again. I don't know if Mahomes is is in range to be shoved if he's the old Patrick Mahomes. You know, he, he's not. He wasn't a speed burner anyway, but he was faster than that. The, the, the watching right. him get around the corner, it was your heart was kind of in your chest when he took when he took off because it was like, oh oh no, this is gonna end bad, and it actually ended great. Uh, for him to get that yardage and, more importantly, to get the, the late hit to uh, bring the Chiefs 
within realistic field goal range, which they obviously needed because the kick only made it by about five yards. Uh, but, yeah, Joseph Osai, just not not smart. Can't do that. No, I, and I feel for the guy. I don't want to pile on him too much. I mean, he's yeah, crying he on the sideline. His teammates yeah. are letting him have it after the game on the tunnel. I, I mean, he, he definitely paid for his crime, you know, and, and then some. You know, he gets to live with that in the biggest game. For, um, but, yeah, it was stupid. I, I mean, there's no other way around it. And what really kind of tarnished up until that point, he was playing a great game. Yeah. And, you know, one one shove – one shove out of bounds, their feet got tangled, Mahomes goes flying. It looks it looks bad, first of all. You know, I don't even know if it was the shove as much as it was as the tangle, but all that matters is in, in real time, it just it looked awful. Like, what are you doing? The flag had to be thrown. They, there was no choice. You know, in a, in a weekend where we had a lot of ref ball, that one was the easy call. That was the obvious one. Uh, and so, so yeah. I – yeah, the people who want to complain about ref ball, and there were some valid criticisms of that this weekend, don't complain about that one. It it, it stunk, you know, it, it being the deciding play in an AFC championship game, but it was it was blatant. I think there's a lot of Bengals fans that would be complaining about that call. I, I don't think too many people who who don't no. have a horse in the race were complaining about that. Not that call. There was there were a lot no, of other no. calls for the weekend that were that were questionable and, and you left you kind of like mm, what's going on here but that one no that that one was that one was obvious. I actually gave away my surprise of the championship weekend without realizing it, uh, so you can take over. But uh, my surprise oh. was no emergency quarterbacks anymore. When, when did they stop doing yeah. that and, and yeah. why? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the what the thought was on that. So um yeah. So your surprise. Well, I, as I've done many times this season. <laughs> someone someone has come back from the dead. <laughs> and do we know who that person was? I'll tell you. Who that be? It was Marquez Valdez Scantling. <laughs> completely back from the dead in an AFC championship game had been a, a non-factor all season for the Chiefs in, on offense, but the Chiefs' wide receivers are just dropping like flies. So in response, Marquez Valdez-Scantling comes up with six catches for 116 yards and a touchdown. Out of nowhere. Uh, again, proof that Patrick Mahomes, MVP, can find, he, he can get it to anybody. And in this game, he got it to uh, a guy who had been completely irrelevant in their offense all season and had com- and just ghosted. And there were guys out there you've never heard of on offense. Marcus Kemp? Really? <laughs> we, we had to get meaningful snaps out of Sky Moore. It, it, was, yeah. it was tough. It was a tough watch, but he's still out there. He's slinging it. He's moving the ball, and nobody was a bigger recipient than, than MVS. Uh, that was a, that was a surprise to me. It was a surprise to everybody. I'm sure he was played in like .001% of DFS lineups. <laughs> uh, somebody made money. If, if somebody was playing MVS in their captain spot in a showdown <laughs> slate, probably just, just rolling in cash. 
somebody uh, in in Wisconsin, I'm sure that uh, remembered the, the good old days of MVS and then had him in their in their lineup. But yeah, yeah. I know uh, who he is. <laughs> uh, nobody else did. Um, so yeah, good good on him. He, he absolutely rose from the dead, and I would have never seen it coming. Uh, nobody nobody saw it coming. Um, I'm flustered because I'm looking at uh, your your mother, our our biggest fan, our only live listener, who we love very much, uh, sent me a message about uh, the league used to have emergency quarterbacks available for each team who could only play if the first two quarterbacks got hurt. Yes. But the league eschews that policy in favor of having a 46th roster spot that they could just use on any player, regardless of position. They used to choose to use the 46th spot on the third quarterback, but they just don't do it. So, uh I don't know where she got that info, but hey, great info, uh, Jay's mom. Uh, That's our our our, uh, our crack She's stat a, team, right? She's our production assistant, and she didn't even yep. know it. Um, our fact, so yeah, our fact checker. That stat girl uh, chiming in with the uh, the info that we needed. So thank you very much for that. Um, but yeah, uh, MVS definitely a big surprise. There's always, as we say, there's always a big surprise in DFS in these games. Down to one game tomorrow, and there's going to be a big surprise tomorrow. We we don't know who it's going to be, but uh, we, I got a candidate, but we'll talk about that later. All right. Uh, so yeah, always a, always a surprise uh, when when these guys rise up that you totally forgot about on the team. You know, you got Juju there. You got, like you said, Sky Moore had to play meaningful minutes, yep. even though they clearly don't trust him. Right. Justin Watson was a health uh, no, not a healthy scratch. He was sick. So he couldn't yeah. play. Kadarius Tony got himself hurt. Shocker! Uh, four, four, four plays or whatever into the game, gets makes a catch, gets yeah. hurt. He is. Uh, oh boy, who who am I thinking? I, I can't tell you who I'm thinking of right now. The receiver who always makes one big play and then gets hurt. Ooh, there's a lot of those. Uh, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It was the the guy who was on the Texans for a bunch of years. Will Fuller. <laughs> oh. Yes, the walking injury, yes. That's Will right. Fuller would make a 70-yard reception, but he'd get hurt. And be out the next four weeks. Correct. And then he'd come back, another 70-yard reception, and then be <laughs> out again. He'd finish the season yep. with four catches for 280 yards. <laughs> In four games played. In four uh. games played. Uh, so my yeah, Kadarius, Kadarius Tony is trying to do his best Will Fuller impersonation. That, that's what I'm calling here. He's doing a great job of it. Uh, my letdown of championship weekend, uh, we, you, you, you touched on it, the Niners' defensive frustration, uncharacteristic uh, frustration penalties, uh, sort of cheap shots, a little bit of late, late hit action, that uh, are roughing a punter. Uh, by Jordan Mason, which actually I think was Bulls. It looked, it looked like the lineman Jack Stoll pushed him into the punter, uh, Brett Kern, but he got that penalty, and that almost seemed like that teed up the Niners to be even more pissed off than they were because this is the second half, and the game's already in the bag. Uh, so at that point, Tyler Noah Hufanga decided to shove Jalen Hurts late after a, a read option down there near the goal line. Um, and it almost felt like not I don't want to say good, but I almost felt like the Niners needed to do something to fire themselves up because they were getting so uh, embarrassed at that point. Even if it is, you know, a little dirty, uh, I was like, okay, well, at least there's, at least they're showing some fight, but you know, that's not the the right way to do it. Um, and Hurts eventually got pushed into the end zone anyway. 
so it kind of didn't matter. But it, it was uh, obviously not uh, the 49ers' day. Um, you had the uh, excessive peanut punching penalty, which is a first by Dre Greenlaw, who uh, is trying to run up on the, the ball carrier and do the, pe- <clears throat> excuse me, the peanut punch and punch the ball out. But uh, he decided to do a little Mike Tyson, just kept punching and kept punching and kept yeah, punching. That was, finally, the ref like, okay. I, underst- <laughs> I understood that penalty. Yeah, yeah. You can't, can't do that. You can't just keep punching at the guy. <laughs> you, eventually, the guy's going to be like, um, dude, why do you keep punching at me? I'm going to punch Yeah, because at, at a point, he's just punching him in the arm. <laughs> yeah. <he's> just, <laughs> uh, no, I'm really going for the ball. No, you're just punching on the guy now. You're just, you're you're just, just punching his forearm. Yeah. So that that was my letdown. The Niners, uh, they're they're better than that. They're they're usually classier than that, but they were clearly very frustrated in this game, and, and they got a little dirty. Uh, a little dirty, yeah. And then my uh, my worst of the week is a continuation of that. It was the the Niners uh, two weeks of uh, sour grapes. Mm. I don't know if you've seen uh, any of their comments, uh, but you've got uh, you know Debo and Robbie Gold. It, all the George Kittle, all these players, some of their quotes uh, just, just sound like a bunch of sore losers. Let's see here. Uh, well, first of all, I believe it was Christian McCaffrey saying, oh, I hope they change the rules so that you can have a, a third QB. Uh, okay, that, that's great. Uh, one of the Niners was quoted as saying they would have beaten the Eagles by double digits if Brock Purdy had stayed healthy the whole game. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we would have won by we would have here's the exact quote we would have won by double digits if Purdy didn't get hurt. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, somebody complaining about uh, Jalen Hurts. If you make Jalen Hurts play quarterback, you're going to have a pretty good day on defense. <laughs> I hope both teams lose. Somebody is very uh, upset about the the matchup. That's the only the Chiefs. That's and, the only thing I remember hearing, and that that was definitely Mc, uh, was that McCaffrey or Kittle. I think yeah, it was McCaffrey. one of those. Yeah. And then uh, when I catch A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, somebody got to pay. Uh, come on. So okay. you're, a bunch of, you're, a bit, you're a bunch of red-ass sore losers during the game, and then you just continue on. That's not a yeah. good look by the Niners. So I like how your letdown immediately turns into my letdown. So yours is during the game, and mine is after. But the moral of the story is you're a bunch of red-ass sore losers. Yeah. Uh, get, get some class, guys. Come on. Yeah, you lost. Get over it. And you were also uh, losing when Brock Purdy got hurt and about to go down 14 nothing. Yeah, it was a very, very frustrating uh, afternoon for, for the 49ers. Uh, they were uh, definitely struggling. Struggling. They are not my uh, struggling. Uh, that honor goes to, honor in quotation marks, goes to Cincinnati Mayor Aftab Purival which I hope I got that right, who yeah. shot a uh, press conference, quote-unquote press conference, uh, for the game, uh, decreeing that Joe Burrow should take a paternity test to determine if he's Pat Mahomes' oh. daddy. <laughs> Dude. I remember that. Uh, and he got dragged properly after the game for doing something like that. Travis Kelsey, of course, did the, the Know Your Role Jabroni rock promo on him uh, up there. Uh, on the podium after the game was over. He deserved that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, after the game, this was the best one to me. Um, in the post-conference, uh, the press conference after the game, Mahomes said, uh, you know, 
the mayor of Cincinnati's even coming after me. And, you know, being mayor of Cincinnati, I guess you've got to find something to do, which is awesome. Man. Uh, hey, hey! That's a, a whole dragging of the city. That's a side swipe on the entire city of Cincinnati in addition to putting the stupid-ass mayor uh, in his place where, where it's supposed to be. Uh, but the mayor brought all that shit on himself. What what in the world made him think that that would be a good idea uh, to, to taunt anybody like that? As if you, first of all, you have no skin in the game. You're not part of the team. You, you, you're not playing. You're not really involved with the Bengals at all. You just happen to be the mayor of the city they play in. Um, and then, do you know who you're taunting? That's that's Patrick Mahomes. He's kind of good. Like he might be one of the best ever. And you're sitting there saying that somebody else is his daddy just because they won three in a row on him. It's not ten in a row. It's three. Um, so yeah, that mayor feels like a complete ass after doing that, and, and as well he should. Yeah. No, I I uh, I agree with you. I'm glad you remembered that one because you know you do these. It's two weeks. Right. So it's not always well, easy. Wrote that not book. always easy to remember. So you 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 were on that one from the get go. Bright red ink. Aftab Purival. Oh, nice. Well, I'll tell you who was struggling. Struggling. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line was struggling. Mm-hmm. Man, they mm-hmm. stunk. Uh, we can talk about. You know, Chris Jones and, and, and that pass rush, I believe they gave up five sacks of Joe Burrow. But I actually looked at the uh, the, the, the PFF game grades for this offensive line. Oh, you went deep into the muck. Oof. <laughs> so uh, they grade on a 100-point scale, right? Yep. And the pass-blocking grades, the, actually the best pass-blocking grades for uh, the Bengals, were all skill players. <laughs> the five worst were their offensive line. That's not oh, good. Dear. Uh, Max Sharping, 23.7. Gonna be the right tackle, Hakeem Adenity, 38. Cordell <laughs> Volson, left guard, 48. Ted Karras, the center, 58. And the only one who graded out uh, slightly okay, Jackson Carmen, the left tackle, 64. But these guys were all giving up hits, sacks, pressures, hurries, uh, you name it. That Cincinnati offensive line was trash. 64 was still a failing grade in Miss Grock's class, I believe. That is correct. 64 (laughs) should not be the best graded offensive lineman on your team, and, and and Max Sharping had himself a horrible day. Uh, not, he gave up by himself, <laughs> by himself, two sacks, five hurries, nine pressures. Damn. Oh, human Doing Joe off. Burrow no favors. And, and isn't that always the bugaboo for them? I mean, that's just yeah. the, that's the thing that they can't get under control. If the Bengals have even mediocre offensive line play in that game, they might win. They're probably in the Super Bowl and not the Chiefs if that offensive line wasn't just a complete garbage, you know, dumpster fire. They were tied in the last minute of the game with yes. that kind of offensive line play. With that offensive line, letting Joe Burrow get, you know, hurried and harassed and hit and beat around that whole game. Joe Burrow still had that team in a position to win the game. 
I never want to take away from how good he is, but when people talked about how much he got his ass kicked last year and still made the Super Bowl, you know, yeah. including nine times against the uh, Titans famously, uh, that's that's fine, that's admirable, but you don't want to shoot for that. You don't want to have your quarterback always on the run and always getting put down and and having to overcome that. It's great that he can overcome that, but you you, you should really aim to do better. And, yes. and they tried in the off season. They tried to overhaul the line. It just didn't quite work out. They're going to have to try again because uh, this isn't going to work out either. But, yeah, that's kind of what you're always waiting on with, with the Bengals uh, and, and Joe Burrows. Is, as great as he is and as great as his receivers are, you're always waiting for that old line to crumble and, and have a terrible day. And that's pretty much why they haven't uh, ascended higher than they, they have. They And they've ascended very high. They, they've made a yeah. Super Bowl, and they were uh, very close to winning that particular game except for the offensive line play. Two straight AFC AFC championship games, but the thing that did them in both times, in games they had leads late both times, was not being able to protect Joe Burrow. And I hate to, I don't want to give the Bengals a a message here, but just remember here, Cincinnati, one of these times he ain't getting up. Uh, You you, you don't want to wait for that to happen either. You let that guy get hit enough, he's staying down eventually. Boy, howdy. He's going off on the meat wagon or, you know, something bad's going to happen. You cannot – you have to protect this asset. And the Bengals, that should be – their first three rounds of draft picks better be offensive linemen. What if somebody pulls a Brock Purdy and hits his arm as he's throwing and he he tears his his, uh, Tommy John ligament? You you want that to happen? You don't want that to happen either. No, there's the cautionary tale for you right there. A seemingly benign-looking play you see all the time with a guy getting his arm hit, and now you've got the quarterback, uh, you know, arm blown out, and he's going in for surgery. So that just leaves us some Danielles and then the pick. I, I'm going to guess we have the same Danielle. <laughs> Uh, officiating mishaps and shenanigans in the uh, Bengals-Chiefs game. And so we don't has, have uh, the offer. exact same one, but I'll say we're in the same vicinity. Okay. The the Cincinnati KC game, and then don't forget the San Francisco-Philadelphia uh, game, that Devontae Smith catch that wasn't a catch yep. that might have turned everything around. Where was the eye uh, in the sky on that one? <laughs> drinking. I, I somewhere having a drink. I don't know. <laughs> they were they, had they were not such doing a good, their duty. We we had just praised them. Yeah. And then that happens. Mhm. No, you're absolutely right. Um so let's, and then let's the go wire, the thing with the punt off the wire. <laughs> oh man, it, it was it was a lot of stuff happening. Uh so the Bengals KC game is the one that had the most uh officiating shenanigans. Uh, yeah. So lead ref Ron Tolbert uh, told the scorer to wind the game clock uh, after respotting a ball, but the clock should not have been wound because the previous play was an incomplete pass. So the game clock should not have been running. No one realized this until the play started. And then another ref, Tom Hill, was running in trying to stop the play, but nobody saw him, so the play just happened, and Casey made a short throw to get to fourth down, except after further review... They decided that the play didn't count because the other ref was going it dead. So they replayed third down, and KC got sacked. All right. But, yeah. wait, Eli Apple, our guy, defensive holding, 
keeps the Chiefs on the field. They are so lucky that the drive wound up stalling out anyway because that would have – Cincinnati's already pissed at the officiating. The, the whole city of Cincinnati really yeah. – uh, uh, I don't know if they're on the same level as the Niners players as far as sour grapes, but the city of Cincinnati is extremely pissed at the uh, officiating of that game. And they have right to be because it was, it was a shit show out there. Uh, there, there was I've never seen that before where they let a play go and and then they run in and say, well, actually we were trying to stop it, but nobody could tell or hear. Or, uh, right. So we're going to just replay that whole play over again. That play didn't happen. Uh, they did the, the mind thing with the men in black. They just waved it across. You didn't see that play. It didn't happen. Just forget about it. It's, it's erased from your memory. Um, yeah, we talked about the, the guy in the sky. Uh Big early fourth down grab by Devontae Smith. He didn't catch it. He knew nope. he didn't catch it. There's supposed to be people in New York who stopped the game to review close calls that are not catches like that, and they just failed. And the play, the next play gets run, and that may have affected everything in that game because Philly yep. goes on to score a short touchdown instead of a fourth down turnover to the Niners. And San Fran is now throwing on the first possession. If they're tied 0-0, maybe they're not throwing as much. On the first possession, and maybe Brock Purdy's arm doesn't get hurt. I know there's a lot of babies there, but, uh, it, you know, does Hassan Reddick mess up Brock Purdy? We'll never know. We no, you're absolutely 100 correct. If that gets blown, the whole game changes from that point. So we may never have that Brock Purdy play. We'll never know. Unfortunately, we'll, we'll just never know. That that was a blown one, but it looked good at the time. And then they'll, but then when they come back, I think they came back from the break and then showed us that opposite angle, and the ball clearly hit the ground. It wasn't even questionable. And there's supposed to be people who who know those angles and see all those angles and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Or even if you don't see that angle, you you see see the guy rushing up and trying to, all right, let's let's run the next play. Hurry up, hurry up. Obviously, he did that because he knows he didn't catch the damn ball. So at that point, it's just automatic. Just stop the damn game so we can see the play. Yeah, no, I, you, you are you are 100% correct, but I'll tell you what left me saying. It's your boy, Fidel Goodell. Roger Goodell is quoted this week as saying, quote, about the NFL officiating, never been better. Yeah. That's all okay, Roger. Yeah. Uh, What game is Roger Goodell watching? Because you could get away with that 20, 25 years ago before we all had HDTVs and DVRs and could speed up and zoom and rewind and you had internet. You had, you know, plays like this are instantly available on Twitter for everybody to see. No, it's plain as day. These guys are too old, too slow, too incompetent to be solely relied upon. We have the technology. We thought we were onto something with this eye in the sky, and then we just keep getting these stupid blown calls. Uh, not, not to mention, uh, I think the other one of the other things you saw with all the uh, Cincinnati people complaining was on that Mahomes run where he gets hit by uh, Joseph Asai. Uh, three yeah. different Cincinnati D linemen are getting held on that play, <laughs> and it's not even close. It's like one guy's completely getting tackled down by his neck, and yeah, it, so. I understand that, yes, they should have flagged the the late hit, obviously, but that's sort of the culmination. Once that goofiness happened with the 
fourth down, fifth down, whatever the hell that was, all you're doing at that point is just putting everybody's radar on. And now they're looking for ref ball, and the ref's obliged. What are you the talking Roger, about fourth down, fifth down? That, that didn't happen. Nothing happened here. Yeah. What do you mean? Never been better, man. Uh, you know what that is? That's $36 million, whatever his salary is every year. That's what he gets paid to do is to stand there and look like a clown and make everybody think that everything is just perfectly fine and the, the ref's never been better, the play's never been better. Everything is wonderful. Everything is great in the NFL. Yeah. He gets a lot of money to stand there and look like a complete jackass and say stuff like that. So we're both in the same vicinity. We're in the same neighborhood on that one. Um, yeah. But you're, you're doing it more with the – you're doing it with the in-game – and again, with like with San Francisco and their pettiness, I, I did it with the with the after effect because after what we saw, which was a weekend of ref ball, Roger Goodell stood up there and did the whole, you know, Leslie Nielsen in front of the exploding fireworks factory. You know, nothing to see here. Move along. Oh man, yep. you gotta love Rod. Oh, good. Goodell is the the walking uh, dog on fire meme. This is fine. That's what he is. Yep. All right. You have been waiting for us to get to the Super Bowl picks after we gave out our awards for cat for a championship weekend, and it is time for us to do just that in a couple of minutes after I let you know where you can listen to our show. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, Come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. The 57th big game, the 57th Super Duper Bowl, ready to be played tomorrow in Arizona between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Ready for the big pick? 
Yeah, I've been waiting two weeks for this. It's a funny, quick story is uh, Grant and I took a trip to, to Green Bay last weekend on Saturday because so, my wife and daughter were out of town on their own little trip, so me and Grant took a little day trip. And uh, we stopped at uh, Dave & Buster's. And he'd never been to one before, so you know, we had burger and he played some video games. But I'm in there, and they've got their big uh, TV right above me with ESPN on. And I'm watching on the bottom line because they got college basketball on. And on the bottom line, it's talking about the Super Bowl. And it's you know, and it's, you know how it shows what the line is and all that. And it says oh, that Eagles, Eagles minus – Eagles minus 1.5, whatever – and then the very next one shows the, the FPI, whatever they have, their chance of who's going to win the game. And it said, Eagles, 50% FPI chance to win the game. Yep. And I was like, hmm, you had to put that up there? Because doesn't that also mean that the Chiefs have a 50%? So basically you're telling me, you don't know. It's a coin flip. The computer doesn't even know. Come on. Dumbest thing I saw. So I, did you know where I was going with that? Yes. Yes, I did. I saw that. Okay. I didn't even think to mention it, but yes, I saw that. I was like, um... Yeah. I'm sitting there. <laughs> what? I'm sitting there it, with my it, burger, that... <laughs> looking at that, like, completely dumbfounded. Like, why did you even bother putting that up on the screen? <laughs> you told me nothing. Oh, my God. I, I saw that exact same thing. I'm like, why is that up there? What? Okay. Uh, that's so... The, the reason that's so dumb is not just because your computer program says it's a toss-up. Okay, great. But why would you not present that information as our computer, our FBI says 50-50 game? Why would you put right. it as Eagles 50%? What in the hell? I'm, I'm guessing that, that's just maybe it's defaulting because the Eagles at that point were minus one and a half. I, I don't know. I don't know. But that to me I was ridiculous. Know. Maybe. No, I, I noticed that too. That that was pretty stupid. All right, so this big toss up, uh, one point, one and a half point, whatever spread game. It's a very close game. It is two teams that with the exact same record, uh, number one seeds in their conference. Uh, it, it really should be a great matchup between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, injury wise. Are the pass catchers healthy for the Chiefs? Uh, we know Miko Hartman is down. We know he messed up his, his groin or his ab again, whatever was bothering him before. Uh, but as far as those other guys, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster's off the injury report. Kadarius Tony's off the injury report. Uh, they activated Clyde Edwards-Alaire, uh, the running back. Um, so it looks like those guys are all ready to go. You know, Patrick Mahomes, all the news about him has been glowing and that he, he seems to be able to do just about everything, according to Andy Reid. Um, for the Eagles, uh, also good news, Lane Johnson, uh, Landon Dickerson, offensive lineman there, good to go. They were banged up. Uh, Johnson, as we all know, is going to play through this uh, groin injury and get surgery after the season's over. So physically, uh, can't really say anybody's at any, any disadvantage. The, the ankle of Mahomes, the elbow of Jalen Hurts, that we had questions about before the uh, playoffs began, but that seems to be okay. So they're they're young and, and rested. They are uh, ready to go, and there's not going to be any uh, injury unless something comes up in the game um, and re- resurfaces, which is always a possibility. 
But uh, I'm going into this thinking that it's a, pretty much a clean slate, and they're about as healthy as they're going to be, and they're just going to give it all they got. I, I think about uh, Pat Mahomes' first two Super Bowls. The 49ers should have beat him, and the Buccaneers did beat him. And he took four sacks uh, against San Fran and three versus Tampa Bay. He was beat up and chased around. Uh, his protection is much better, and more importantly, he's more experienced and will not let the Philadelphia Eagles defense kick his ass. If they beat him, they beat him, but he's not going to let them just beat him around. Jalen Hurts is very aware, and he won't let Chris Jones and Frank Clark beat him up either. Uh, I, plus, I don't expect the Philly O-line to melt uh, completely into a puddle like the Bengals did. Uh, so it may come down to the rushing attacks. PFL Pog has had a good point. They say uh, Spags, Steve Bagnola will shut down the Eagles' run to make Jalen Hurts beat them, which I also think is the correct strategy. Uh, it's just that good luck doing that. It's you know better, uh, easier said than done. But my moment of clarity, didn't KC basically win the round-robin tourney this year in the AFC, uh, which is really the top three teams in the league the last couple of years between the uh, Bengals and the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, I understand. I understand the Rams won the title last year. Good for them. But they fizzled out this year. I understand the Bucks won the title the year before that. Good for them. But they fizzled out. Uh, I feel good every year taking whichever team escapes that brawl between Buffalo, Cincinnati, and KC because those are the three like consistent best teams in the league. Uh, and Philly has played no one. That, that was my moment of clarity. Like Pat's been here. Andy's been here in, in this big game. Eagles, Sirianni and, and Hurts haven't been here. They haven't been challenged the entire playoffs. Not their fault, but they just haven't. Uh, it, it just sounds insane to make Hurts beat them, but he's much worse when he's in that must-throw situation. Think about his pro career before this year. It's just, ugh, him having to throw, it, it was ugly. I will trust Spags to expose them. I will trust Andy Reid on another bye week to get creative. He and Eric Bieniemy will create and innovate just like they had to do in that AFC title game against the Bengals, and they did enough uh, creating and, and innovative plays uh, that I, was, I got confidence that they know what the deal is. They know they got to scheme up some more stuff to, to protect Patrick Mahomes on that ankle. I got the under because both teams, I think, are going to establish the run. But uh, if it's close late, I'm trusting Patrick Mahomes over Jalen Hurts. His greatest Hurts has been this year. I'm going Patrick Mahomes. I'm going with the Chiefs. The spread, I think, uh, according to our – uh, handicapping contest is Chiefs plus one. Uh, doesn't matter either way. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm calling it 24 to 19. <laughs> it, well, it only matters if there's a push. Well, that's true. Because you could doesn't, push doesn't matter for to a pick. title. Doesn't matter either way for who I was picking. Right. But if there's a push, uh, you win. That, this is true. So you automatically the have the Eagles. Uh, does that Which reflect it, your actual... I would. I was on the Eagles, so okay. I'll, I'll give some of that, uh, some of those thoughts uh, when we get into the after show. But you know, I, I wasn't going to be dissatisfied either way with what I was going to get, which kind of goes to that whole fifty-fifty thing. If you had taken the Eagles, that means hey, you're giving me Patrick Mahomes, and if you were going to take Patrick Mahomes, that's giving me that Eagles defense, that Eagles rushing attack. You know, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, that that whole arsenal that they have. So I, I, I was in this situation where I just need you to be wrong because yeah. you really could have either side of this game. And the fact that you're so clear on it and you put money on it makes me feel really good. 
Uh, uh, go ahead. Is all I can say. Yeah, we're uh, heading into the after show here. So no, I if, if it had been my pick, if I was in the lead, which I was glad I'm not. Sounds like we would have had the same the same result. Yep, that's what it sounds like. Uh, so yeah, we are in into the after show. Um, I didn't. I wasn't able to sneak in my X Factor, which I was going to do. Uh, they activated Clyde, my guy, Clyde Edwards Alaire. I don't have a whole lot of DFS uh, no. advice because I suck at it, but I'm putting Clyde in my stacks. I'm putting him in there. Uh, he hasn't played since week 11. Uh, He's going to get Isaiah attacked Pacheco. by the football. <laughs> you, you and Mina Kimes. Uh, I know Pacheco emerged as the lead back, but Clyde could provide a fresh look. 4.3 yards per carry this year. He was pretty good those first few weeks of the year. 17 receptions as well, three rushing touchdowns, and three receiving touchdowns. I'm not saying uh, Alaire is going to definitely be a huge factor on the ground, but he is another weapon for Mahomes to look for through the air. And, you know, Mahomes is using all the weapons he can right now. Uh, so Alaire, Edwards Alaire will be another weapon. I, I would not be the least bit surprised if he caught a touchdown pass. No, this, or pass caught him. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna need him. Uh because I, I don't necessarily yeah. think that this is going to be – I don't think we get into blowout territory in this game. Um, I don't either. I think the Chiefs have five. That's, that's a, a small – Yeah, amount. it's going to be really close. Cool. I mean, I, I, I did not have a score on this one, but, yeah, I would have had the Eagles by a single score, you know, eight or less. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I'm going uh, – my, my X factor, although I would have had the Eagles, is uh, willful I, – I mean, Kadarius Tony. What can they what can they scheme up and mine out of this guy, and how long can he stay on the field? That that's usually his problem, because they do scheme him up. They get the ball in his hands. They like him near the goal line. Uh, you know these little these little jet sweeps. These these uh, wide receiver screens. They they definitely try to free him up, and he's a weapon for them. You just can't stay on the field. Yeah. He's definitely that kind of player who could give the – him and McKinnon are those guys near the goal line that could give the Eagles fits. First, they've got to mm-hmm. get to the goal line, though. And I, I think that <laughs> – I think you're going to have uh, a larger That's number of uh, – I think you're going to have field goals in this game. I don't think you're just going to have teams uh, going for it on every fourth down, being silly. I think you're going to actually see um, Bucker and Jake Elliott factor into the outcome of this game. I think that's Sirianni's move. Though. I don't think he can help himself. I think he's he's still going to go for fourth downs because he's he's almost on that Brandon Staley level. Like he really likes to oh. go for the fourth. Down. Oh no! Don't say that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I actually like the Eagles. I like that defense. I, I know that you've, you you think that that uh, offensive line for the for the Chiefs is, is going to hold up. But one thing you know I like about those front four, especially that that front for the Eagles is they're they're not going to let them run on them, and if they can develop that pressure and still keep enough guys in cover, we know that's sort of the one thing that Mahomes can struggle with is when there's when you're getting pressure. But most quarterbacks will struggle with that when you can get consistent pressure and be able to drop guys into coverage at the same time. Nobody likes that. That can clog up the lanes. Mahomes uh, twelve picks this year. Uh, there'll be a few balls out. There'll be a few 50-50 balls out there. He, he's not afraid of that. So, you know, can the Eagles capitalize on that? How will they hold up on the back end? I think that the Eagles, now that they're front, you know, they got 
They got Red Stripe back. They've got Sue. They shored that up against the run. They saw that obvious weakness. I think that Washington game exposed that front without Jordan Davis. So they're probably a little more susceptible to the pass now. So I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, they try to air it out. But part of airing it out is you got to keep your quarterback healthy. you got to keep your quarterback upright and not, not have the pressure coming at him. So I just and, – and then we go to the other side. I don't think that that you, – you are correct, that Bengals offensive line and that Eagles offensive line, uh, completely different. <laughs> you couldn't be more opposite than what that – I think the Eagles have, what, the top offensive line? Where they've been yes. at the top, all yes. Yeah. So that's a big change for those uh, for that front for the Chiefs trying to come after uh, Jalen Hurts and that just so many guys. They got three guys that can run the ball and all those. I, I just I know the Eagles are younger and they don't have the experience, but if that defense can make some plays, they could just their offense can come at you a lot of different ways. I understand. Hey, okay, make him one dimensional. Make Jalen Hurts beat you. Problem is, is you try to make Jalen Hurts beat you, he could beat you just by running. I do expect we'll the Eagles to outgain uh, the Chiefs on the ground. Uh, they should. I mean, they absolutely should. However, I also have the Chiefs going over 100 yards on the ground. Uh, the Eagles. I, I understand the red stripe shoring things up. But he he's only in there so much. They you know they keep him yeah. rotated a lot. I I see the Chiefs scheming it up and and opening up some some holes and some zone running and uh, taking advantage when he's not on the field. Um, and they have their own uh, now. They have the three back uh, attack when they if they want to use Clyde Edwards Hilaire in that in that way, yeah. then they could add him to Jarek McKinnon and, and Isaiah Pacheco. So I actually think that's why I like the under. I think there's going to be a lot of ground. Yardage chewed up, and I think there's going to be a lot of time run off the clock, and, and I don't think it's going to be the, the fireworks show that some people think it's going to be. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, too? Every Super Bowl starts off slow. I have You never really see Super Bowls start out fast. You know, the, those first couple drives, the first quarter, but it's usually like, you know, you snap your fingers and the first quarter's over. Even in Super Bowls that end up being high-scoring ones, because teams are just they they come out they're so bland and boring sort of on those first couple drives where I was talking about oh they're feeling each other out but that really is what happens. Yeah, and most weeks off, even, gotta gotta get yeah. warmed back up. Gotta, and no matter know, what your and no matter what your offensive uh, identity is, every team comes out in the Super Bowl wants to establish the run. At least try to. Right. So. It'll be. I, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, I, I hate to say that I was not going to be disappointed with whatever you went against, because, like I said, you could have picked the Eagles, and I would have been ecstatic to have Andy Reid on a bye and Patrick Mahomes, and you know, but we'll see. They, they, they've struggled in Super Bowls, um, even though they won one. Their their Super Bowls have been a little tight, so it'll be interesting to see how they they come out, but. This should not be that Chiefs team that just allows a team to, uh, you know, hold them down, like we see when they show up against teams that are that are bad. They they better not overlook the Eagles. I don't think they will. No, the the, the experience of being in these in these Super Bowls is going to add up. I, I believe. Uh, I think they're going to play the best of the of the two of of, of the three Super Bowls. Uh, again, going back to uh, Patrick Mahomes getting 
uh, chased around in both of the other ones. Um, and, of course, the Tampa Bay one, he had the bad toe. So getting chased around was really a, a bad situation. Um, and now he's got the, the bad ankle. But that, that's what I'm saying. Is he's got that experience. Uh, Andy Reid, Eric Bienby have that experience of watching him uh, in the Super Bowl get chased around. They're going to set him up to not have to get chased around like that. That, that experience has to play a part. They're, they know what the Eagles are. They know that they're going to be coming for him. They know that the Eagles have the most sacks of any team since the 85 Bears. And to think that they're going to just walk in and go, well, there's nothing we can do. We're just going to let Mahomes get killed by these guys, but they're so good. No, they're going to set something up. They're going to find a way to, to, to protect him. They're going to uh, have some some innovative plays, some uh, maybe a flea flicker, maybe a, yeah. a couple of end uh, of rounds, reverses. They're not going to just let him sit that sit back there and be a a, a, a sleeping duck. Uh, for for everybody to to get after him and, and Hassan Reddick to to bend his UCL the other way, they're not going to let that happen to him. Yeah, hey, we did not talk at all about you know the big story that you've got two black quarterbacks starting in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm very proud. Uh, that's that's about all I can say about it. Is I'm yeah, very happy yeah. and very proud. I remember when Mahomes was winning the MVP and winning the Super Bowl, and we were actually, like, you know, sort of aware of the fact that they weren't really pushing that fact. Like, they were just talking about him as being great. They they weren't, yeah. you know, he, he wasn't the greatest black anything. He was just one of the greatest. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this feels like a step back. I get it. You pointed it out. But it's like okay, we can we can get past the fact that yes, both of these guys that are starting in the Super Bowl are black. They're both great. Let's watch some great football. Uh, I don't think it's been overplayed this week. Um, I don't. I, I think it's been played properly. I think it's been pointed out. And then uh, as the game got closer, the last few days, I don't think we've heard right. much about it. It was, you know, yeah, it was, it was a big deal game. early, and I have a feeling it'll yeah. be a big deal again tomorrow. Well, in the pregame, yeah, because, you know, they got eight hours of pregame to fill, so yeah, yeah. they'll definitely talk about it. <laughs> yes. So, so I was wondering if they had any prop bets out there on what are the odds that the MVP is white? Because <laughs> there's not many options. Um, you can't, you know, obviously the reason you can't, you know the obvious reason they can't do that. There's an obvious, oh, wait, what? Because if Pat wins, then it's off the window. Because he's both? both? (laughs) So we only have one and a half quarterbacks in the Super Bowl that are white. Aha! There's a 50-50 chance that there's going to be a a black MVP and a white MVP uh, tomorrow in the Super Bowl. Because it's Mahomes, it's both. You can every both you sides can. Yeah, okay. Ah, uh, see, I, you I had that angle. Even, so, well, you didn't see that one. Yeah, but no, but nobody's saying one and a half. It's not the first time we've had. <laughs> this is the first time we've had one and a half quarterbacks in the Super Bowl were black. Well, uh, I'm sure someone out there is saying that or talking about it. My my boss at work is probably talking about that because he mentioned something about that this week. No, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking it until you just said it. Uh, no, I, uh, props. The uh, the one thing I did see, I, I, I didn't watch a lot of ESPN this week uh, either. No, um, I saw that bottom line thing with the 50% thing, and then I was out. I saw that, and I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? Um, some show I had on, I wasn't watching, but I just had it on in the background. 
they had a guy, they were, they were asking everybody their best prop uh, picks for the game. And one guy said, and it sounded very smart, and I really didn't think about it, um, if you are taking the Chiefs, who are the very slight, depending on where you're looking, uh, underdog, and I think the, they started as the favorite like two weeks ago when the, the game first got made. I think the Chiefs were minus one or something like that. And I immediately I have never seen this as anything but Eagles favored. I think Chiefs were favored by one that night. The night after, okay, uh, I, the first line I saw was Eagles minus like two, two and a half, and then it now it's down to one. Yeah, one, one and a half, depending on where you're going. I was seeing one and a um, half. I was seeing one and a half most of the week, um, but one, one and a half for us doesn't really make a difference because if it's one, you win, whether it's one and a half yeah. or one. <laughs> so some some guy was saying for prop bets. If you are thinking that the Chiefs are going to win this game and you want to play them plus whatever, plus 110, 115, there's not going to be much, you're much better off just going and playing Pat Mahomes to win MVP, which is anywhere from plus 150 to plus 200, depending on where you go. Because yeah. can you possibly imagine a scenario in which the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and Pat Mahomes is not named the MVP? Because I can. I can. I, I can. Really? Yeah, I mean, if there's if it's a big defensive if it's a defensive game and you've got somebody, you know, blows out you know pulls a Larry Allen, um, that was Larry Allen, right? With the with the Cowboys with the two picks, just standing there. Oh, uh, Larry Brown, yeah, Larry, Larry Allen, big uh, offensive lineman. Got it, Larry Brown. Um, yep. Yeah, that could happen if you could have one of the you could have you could have Kelsey blow up and have like fourteen for one forty and three touchdowns because he has those types of games. I could see something that's, like that. That's um, the only thing that I think is close to, to happening to, to make yeah. Mahomes not be the MVP. Yeah, if, if it's a close game rupture. and the Eagles barely, yeah, it, odds are very good. I don't think one of the two major main running backs has a chance. Um, you know, it would it would take a world class effort from Pacheco or from McKinnon, and and I don't I was listening to a podcast today said they have, we haven't had a Super Bowl running back MVP uh, since Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis, I heard that too somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. A very long time ago, nineteen ninety seven. Twenty six years ago was the last time we had an MVP uh, running back in the Super Bowl. Mind blown. We were both so, living in Chicago 26 yeah. years ago. That's how long ago that was. Yeah. Oh, man. So there so you go. That's, that, a, that's an obvious prop bet to me. And, and the more I thought about it, the more. Well, then at that point, you should just parlay those. Well, you, you boy, did you just jump in and steal my thunder there? Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> no, you, I, you didn't know. Um, I was going to say, the more I thought about it, the more I realized. MVP is not a, uh, you know, machine-generated uh, 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 dynamic, right? Statistical type of thing. It's just humans, just a bunch of humans with their their hearts voting on MVP. And there's no way 
that those humans are going to sit there watching Pat Mahomes gimp around on that ankle for two weeks and not vote him MVP if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Like, he doesn't need to play a great game. They're going to give him the MVP just because he's the story. He's, he's the angle. He's the uh, – he, he did it. He pulled through with his big heart, and he uh, willed his team to the championship on his bad ankle. They're, they're going to give him the MVP. Like I said, unless, like you said, unless uh, Kelsey just erupts and has, like, three touchdowns in the buck 50 or something. Um, and even then, you know, because Mahomes is the one that threw him the three touchdowns, so he still might win the MVP. Um, right. And then I thought about what would be uh, an even bigger value than betting Mahomes win MVP. If you just parlay it, that's the ultimate. Chiefs to win and Mahomes to win MVP. If your book will let you parlay it, some books won't let you do it. I know because I just tried. But if your sports book allows you to parlay those two, that is the ultimate value pick if you're – on the Chiefs, there's no way the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl and Mahomes is not being named MVP. So you actually read that one. You saw that coming before I even said it. Yeah, I was tele- you telegraphed it. Now, on the Eagles <laughs> side, if the Eagles win, I think there's a lot more options for MVP yeah. than just saying it's just going to straight be Jalen Hurts because they, there's so many players. There's so many guys. Like the Chiefs have – Patrick Mahomes, and then their receiving core, and basically their whole offense after Mahomes is Kelsey and guys. Yep. But the Eagles have a lot of players who could all be capable of putting out an MVP-type performance. So that would be a tougher parlay if you're on the Eagles. And tougher for me, I guess, is the way that I see the game breaking, but uh, for Hurts to win MVP, like he he he'd have to be the reason the yeah. Eagles won. He has to the outdo Mahomes. And for him to be the reason they win the game, I, I don't see it if it's a close game because then he has to uh, outdo Mahomes at quarterback, at being a better quarterback, not just right. uh, you know, running the ball and affecting things that way, which he can do that early. But I don't think he's going to be able to just do that late. Like this, the, all these games again, all these beatings that the Eagles have been handing out. It's not a bad thing. It's not something that it's their fault. It's not something to fault them for. But the fact is, they haven't been in a close game in a long time, and uh, I don't think they are. I don't think they're ready for this spot. For this to be their first close game in weeks, to be the Super Bowl, the the biggest game of them all. If they overcome that and and beat the Chiefs, then I just tip my hat. But I just don't see it happening. Uh, but if they, not, if they if they do, yeah, is the best outcome. I, I don't know how exactly Eagles. it's going to happen. The best outcome for the Eagles would just be like a repeat of that Bucks Super Bowl, where this game is just not close. Right. That would be their best avenue, is that their defense just dominates the the, the Chiefs, and they just out physical them and just beat the hell out of them, and they hobble Mahomes, and you know there's nothing going on, and that that's the best scenario for the Eagles, is that they just are defensively dominant in the game, which which could happen. You know, good. I I agree that that's the their their path to winning the game, and I uh, am aware and agree that they could do that. I just I'm, I'm betting on, on Andy Reid and Mahomes to make sure they don't do that, but they yeah. they could. They absolutely could. I, I if if you had asked me when when you told me you knew who you had, I I knew you had the, I knew you had the Chiefs. I, I know. I, I, I actually, and, and then there's that part of me that wanted you to have the Chiefs because I, I don't hate having the Eagles here. Sure, but you wouldn't hate yeah. having the Chiefs. So what it sounds like you're saying is the Eagles and the Chiefs might be it, kind of 50-50 to win this game. It's 50-50. Yeah. 
Mm. Sounds like a coin toss to me. Maybe we should get coin on the on the Super Bowl. Where's, wait, where's coins. the dime? <laughs> I don't have any coins anywhere near. We don't have me, so a Super do Bowl. This. We don't have the Super Bowl. Uh, we don't have the Super Bowl quarter. Oh wait, here here it is. So here we go. Hang on. <laughs> All right. Let's see. The Eagles, the Eagles are the favorite. So it's will be the Eagles. Oh, the coin's got the Eagles. All right. Fly, there you Eagles go. Fly. It's a coin flip Super Bowl. How fitting that we flipped the coin. <laughs> we had to flip the coin. It's a coin flip. Absolutely. So the coin's uh, officially on the Eagles. I'll be alone with the Chiefs. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll bear the burden. Well, you know, we'll be we'll we'll recap this next week. Um, yeah. Might as well just do the might as well just do the same thing. Um, we'll, we'll give out our uh, Super wanna, Bowl awards. Going to do awards for the one game. Yeah, well, we we always do a Super Bowl recap. So yeah, and you know, and there there will be enough. It's the Super Bowl, and you know, it's such a spectacle. Plus, the you'll have some of the after effects of it too, lingering on. Uh, Maybe the maybe the Niners will still be sour grapes, <laughs> but you know it's, it was pretty surprising for us only having two games to pick from. We didn't have all the same awards, right? I assumed we would uh, have like four of them the same or something like that, but no, we didn't. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we had a couple a that were like kind of brothers to each other as far as <laughs> picks go. Where you know they were they were continuations or in the same in the same ballpark, but. Um, there was enough going on, and there'll be enough going on in the Super Bowl, or, or you know, we'll see some things. I'm sure um, that'll give us some 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 differentiation on these awards. I'll, I'll probably have to check in on a, at least a little of the pregame to, to get some ideas of some some of these awards as well, because ah. it's probably a lot of silliness in there. I, I, not a yeah. lot of pregame. I, I can't stand too much of it. I can um, tell you that I'm. The kids tomorrow, so I, I probably will be, you know, deaf, blind, and dumb to all of this until five thirty when the when the game kicks off. Right. You know, maybe a few minutes beforehand, but by then it's just people. You, you tune in at five minutes too, and it's just the eighteen talking heads at the desk talking about their pick for the game. It's probably, even hard to tune in at five thirty exactly because. At that point, there's 10 minutes of uh, singing in God Bless America and all of that. Yes, yes. And we get, uh, I saw today that the flyover will be all female pilots. Doesn't that just. First time ever. Doesn't that check all your diversity boxes? But are any of them black? That's what we need to know. No, because I saw the the picture. I saw the picture, and I was like, well, hashtag flyby so white. <laughs> or fly over so white. Come on, what's this to the fly plane, huh? Man, yeah, they they, they, picked, one. they, they picked the uh, one of the gals looked like maybe like Hispanic. Can you still say that? Latina, Latinx, 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 Latinx. Oh boy, but uh, definitely uh, no. I, I didn't see any sisters in the picture. Oh well. But we'll still have to with the, yeah, Hopefully we'll, the planes don't all crash into each other. <laughs> we get a German. It turns into a German air show. That wouldn't be good. Oh. 
Or a Chinese balloon uh, interception. We don't want that either. <laughs> They're shooting stuff down again today. What's going on? Yeah. You got um, space lasers in Hawaii and balloons flying in, over. In Canada. Yeah. Canada, they shot one down today. Alaska, they shot one down yesterday. It's like, it's, it's okay. You balloons. didn't know World War II was starting, did you? I didn't know World War III was going to start with balloons. <laughs> Did not have that on uh, my 2023 bingo card. The end of the world, and it started with Chinese yeah. air balloons. And, and Hawaii getting hit by lasers. Did you see that one? No, I missed that one. Oh, yeah, I looked that one up, too, about all the, the – the, there was a satellite going over Hawaii, apparently, and it was shooting all these green lasers down at the ground. And there's actual video of this. Oh, boy, we, we really are going to hell, aren't we? Yeah, so let's just get the game in, all right? <laughs> let's get the Super Bowl played. Although, if it looks like the Chiefs are going to win, World War III can start. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> uh, the Chiefs aren't going to win. I got money on it. So it's guaranteed. No, you've got money. Uh, I know. That, that's what I was asking. That's, as soon as you texted me and you said you knew who you got, I'm like, please tell me you're putting money on it. I mean, one sportsbook is sending me a uh, bet $57 on the big game, uh, yeah. get $57 in free bets back, win or lose. So they're giving me my money back, and I might win the damn bet. So I, how could I pass that up? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still have to make my showdown lineups uh, for the game tomorrow. I, I'm probably going to have five or six different lineups. You know, I figure I'm going to have a – you know, like an Eagles blowout, Chiefs blowout, Eagles D, Chiefs D, and then uh, like a shootout lineup. So I'm thinking of maybe doing like five different builds. Okay. All I'm based on one. Super Bowl. Well, you know, I'll probably do like five $3, five $5 ones. It's a Super Bowl. You know, I've got money in the account. Might as well spend sure. it. I don't really see myself playing much DFS. Might dabble in some baseball. Um, I tried a little bit last season, but I think I got into it, you know, I got into it towards the end oh, Okay. when football season was going on, where maybe if I actually like pay attention, pay attention to it this year, um, maybe do some showdowns or, you know, baseball felt like the hardest of them all. Yeah, of course. Cause you don't know who's going to go four for five on what day. Yeah. That, that is the hardest. Right. Like if you're doing basketball, you know who the you know who the players are. Right. It's just what combination of players do you need? Baseball, you can feel like you've got a great read, and then the guy who you've got is 0 for four with three strikeouts, or you know you have Justin Verlander, and oh, that's the one start where he goes an inning in a third and gives up eight runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just never know. So yeah, baseball is, is torture. Yeah, but I feel like it's one of those where that feels like more research to me. Baseball right. feels more like you've got to know the splits and the batter, the pitcher-batter matchups and those types of things. Yeah, I try. I, I try to know all those stuff. And yeah. then just, like you said, it's still just that that's the day he decides to go over four or over one with three walks or something. It's just. Right. Uh, and then the next day you, you don't play that player, and, and then they have two jacks. And, yep. Uh, so yeah. that'll be interesting yeah. for me, um, trying a little bit of that, because I'll still have 
no matter what happens with the Super Bowl, I'll still have enough money in the account to, to throw a dollar or two here on baseball throughout the season. The last possible uh, Super Bowl money uh, advice uh, that I know you have zero interest in, Rihanna, it's a halftime show. The only thing yeah. that I even could possibly have a guess or a read on, I can't imagine her finishing song is not going to be Umbrella. I would just, that's just a feeling I got. Like, can you bet on uh, it? What, what, I can't. I haven't seen it where I can bet on, on, on my books. There's some books you can bet the uh, the Super Bowl props like that, but uh, I, I, that would make me have to join yet another sports book. I'm not, I'm oh. not doing <laughs> Are you excited for the Rihanna halftime show? Kind of. I, I like her music fine. She's a hot piece of ass, so I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of curious who she brings out. I know uh, the Super Bowl halftime show is now uh, in your – I think about it in your daughter's eyes, and then it's just who are these people and why are they dressed like that? So that's the part that that's, I that's think is my – That's my daughter. Yeah, yeah. Why, what are they doing with the girly coats or the one year that she said? Because <laughs> last year we had the, the the old school. We had with Snoop and Eminem and, yeah. and everybody Probably got up and did similar. their – everybody did their one safe for work hit. <laughs> the, the, the safe for work version of there is yeah the same yes <laughs> some of those people might be back this year for for Rihanna I, I think they run in sort of the same circles so that that's another ah. thing I'll be interested in seeing but okay yeah I'll be interested I know you won't be but I'll be I'll be interested in that I always uh, watch. So, uh, one other thing I wanted to mention for five seconds really really quick is I feel like I should be. Uh, I should acknowledge and, and congratulate LeBron James, who will never hear me say this, but uh, the fact that he's now the NBA oh, all-time yeah. scorer is is a big deal because I'm the big LeBron fan. I've been the guy, you know, saying how great he is from from day one, even with all the critics, all the criticism, all the taking my talents with South Beach and all that. I've I've still always been like, look, just watch the guy play. That's you know all the other stuff. Yeah, he's got a weird uh, personality. Yeah, he cries a lot on the court. Uh, he whines a lot about calls. It, that all that is true, but also he's maybe the best damn all-around player uh, that we've ever seen. Right? There's nothing he can't do. He, he think about this. He became the the best scorer, the, the most prolific scorer of all time. And the first half of his career, what was his main criticism? He doesn't shoot enough. He's not Jordan. Yeah, he doesn't always pay, he defers too much, you know. And he also he also did it without being a great three point shooter. Correct. Yeah, he's not Steph Curry just jacking threes every night. And and you know that makes it pretty easy when you don't have to hit as many shots because you know most of the shots you're taking are from behind the arc. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a, a fascinating career. It's the fact that he's still going at such a high level at, at this age, at thirty eight, thirty nine. Yeah. Like he's he's an MVP candidate again. Yeah. He's just that it, it helps good. that he started in the league at eighteen and not having that, that to play in the, not having to play college. You know, he had a a two year head start on a lot of these players. Or was it three yeah, years is, now? What is, what is it in college now? Well, now it's one. I think before they changed it, it was like three. Like in, in yeah. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's day, in Los Angeles' day, he had to be at UCLA for uh, uh, for three years, uh, right. even though he was clearly ready to go. You know, uh, right? Years. Yeah. If if Kareem was playing straight out of high school, LeBron would be still chasing him. <laughs> Correct. 
for a while. That's right. And if Jordan didn't, you know, uh, retire and, and come back and retire again, uh, LeBron might might be chasing him because Jordan could have had that record. Uh, yeah. But that's another thought exercise is I, I don't want to you know, besmirch MJ. You know, I love MJ nope. still. But switch roles for a second. Do that thought exercise for me. Think about if LeBron James quit playing basketball for a few years because his father died and then came back and Jordan kept playing through all those years. Think about the narrative then. Oh, Jordan didn't have to quit playing. LeBron thought he was the greatest of all time, but he couldn't even stay in the league. He had to get out because his daddy died. He ain't got no heart. Uh, it was different all back then, though. You know, I mean, we didn't have the same sort of media stuff. And LeBron brought some of this on himself, right? I mean, we admit that. But, uh, no, I thought what you were going to talk about was the amazing Hall of Fame career of Scott Rowland. Um, sure. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get it. I never thought when I was watching Scott Rowland play that I was watching a Hall of Famer. And that's the only guy that got in. Look, Scott Rowland, Harold Baines, I, you know, at, at this point, whatever. It's the Hall of Good. <laughs> it's the Hall of Good, right? Baseball the is hey, basically just, pretty it's, good. It's the Hall of Good. It's the Hall of I. Yep. <laughs> We always make fun of that, and it just gets sort of lower and lower. And even more so, just continuing that juxtaposition of the actual greatest players of all time still not being there. Pete Rose, Bonds Barry Bonds, Rose, yeah. Still not there. Yeah, those but guys Scott will Rowland. not be in the Hall of Fame. But Scott Rowland, yeah. And Harold Baines, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <sighs> I never, yeah, I didn't think I was. I know Harold's your guy. I mean, you, you grew up watching him, but oh my never god, were, I had no idea. We never no thought we were watching a Hall of Famer. No, no. We thought we were watching a guy who's really good at. He's a great, great hit, great hitter. He was a, he was a guy in the middle of one of my favorite lineups, but he was just a guy. He was, he wasn't any. It <laughs> was Scott Rowland. Is Ron Kittle getting in? Is Greg Luzinski getting in? Oh, all my God. Guys, I mean, they're they're all the hall, guys. Scott Rowland might as well go into the Hall of Milk Toast. I mean, <laughs> what is going on here? If Scott Rowland is in, Bobby Abreu has got to be next, right? Come on. It's just safe. That's such a bad oh, – so bad. Yeah. But, oh, well, I digress. That's all I want to talk about, the Baseball Hall of Fame, because I saw that and saw that he was the only one who got enough votes to get in, and it just – no. There are players who drop off the ballot who are better than Scott Rowland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not Bonds, not Clemens, but, but Scott Rowland. Yeah. No McGuire. No, you know, I mean, a lot yeah. of these guys pre-steroids pre were still some of the best players in the game. And they were doing something that a lot of other guys were doing, too. Jose Canseco was a better baseball player than Scott Rowland. Yes. And was he juicing? Yes. Was uh, a lot of yeah. other guys juicing? Yes. Yeah. It was the era. It was the steroid era. You can't just look at that part. You know, Sosa, Bonds, McGuire. You can't just look at those guys and just go, well, oh, that, oh well, Clemens, you know, Palmero. Rafael Palmero had 500 yeah. homers. He was a better player than Scott Rowland. Yes. Was he cheating? Was the Hall of Fame always... eh, it's hard to call that <laughs> cheating. 
<laughs> but they were all doing it. Always good for, for some jokes. It's so, it's so, yeah, you know, put just we, you know, just one year, just put all those guys in and let them have like a, you know, the steroid wing of the Hall of Fame. But they should all <laughs> at least be there because there was no, you know, sort of denying that, like. Even the Sosa McGuire, like the revitalization of baseball after the strike in '94, was McGuire and Sosa, right? Well, and that's why the commis- the commissioner of the game at the time completely turned his head and turned absolutely and pretend like he didn't see any of that because they was putting booties in the seats, and right. that was that '98 Cubs team that that ended up going to the wild card. That whole that whole thing, like I remember going to those games. It was amazing, you know. And did you know that these guys were? Yeah, yeah, you knew. And oh, Sammy's got yeah, the, the whole the whole cork bat. Remember that? Oh yeah. With, with yeah, off, off of uh, Jeremy Gonzalez with his electric stuff. <laughs> the playoff game that we went to together, the the home Man. run that's supposed to hit off the scoreboard. We clearly knew he was juicing me because we'd never been able to hit a ball that damn far. That thing that but 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 did that take away from anything? No, it added to it because no, I mean I tell you I with their mouth open going oh my god. I mean I was at a game when I saw Glenn Allen Hill silence the stadium. He hit a ball <laughs> so far. Did not care. Yeah. Not saying that Glenn Allen was definitely no. Glenn Allen Hill's not a Hall of Famer. No, we're not saying he was uh, juicing either or anything like that. But, oh, was he? But you never know. Oh. Uh, at, at that time, you never know. No, that's no but I, I thought. For any of those guys. That, was he one of the guys that was, like, thought about, you know, like maybe kind of sort of? I, I I don't remember. I don't think he was important he, enough for people to expect Right. Him. You know, so even if he was, nobody cared. But, yeah, that ball, right. I saw him hit out of the stadium into the trees no, I, across the street. Yeah. That, that I was, I was he hit the ball so far that yeah. the stadium did not cheer. Everybody just stopped. <laughs> because nobody You're could like, believe oh that. Because it was so far and so high. Like, that ball left the lights that went up so high. I think that ball left Ooh. the stadium and was still going up. I'd never, I've oh. still never seen a home run hit like I saw that one. Because... It was an instant home run. Like, it was, it was gone. Just the moment yeah. it left the bat, gone. It, I mean, it was like, you know, you hear about, like, these towering, majestic home runs. It felt like that ball was in the air for minutes. <laughs> it wasn't one of these, like, laser beam home runs that lands in the basket. Like, oh, wait, that was a home run? Oh, wow. No. You were just, like, watching this ball leave orbit. <laughs> it was just kept going and going. And you just, Yeah. I've never seen a, or been in a stadium, a home stadium, watching a home player hit a home run where any time the, you know, a ball gets hit that's a home run, place explodes. And this ball was hit so far, everybody's just dead silence. And then, it's, uh, and then you actually that, heard the ball rustle through the leaves, and that's when everybody lost it. <laughs> that, that is on uh, YouTube. Uh, Glenn Allen Hill hits a mammoth homer. It is, uh, you can all just... All this, oh, it was a night the, game. I remember that. All the words we're using to talk about it, it's it's up there for you to look at. Okay, so it must be that exact home run I'm talking about. Yes, it has to be. Were they playing Milwaukee? 
Uh, was it the Brewers? No. Now, now I'm going to click on the video to check it out. Uh, it's in, across the street and onto the roof out of Wrigley. Uh, that is Steve Woodward, Woodward of the Brewers. So yes. Yeah. Is that how my <laughs> recollection is? Is that we were playing? <laughs> oh my God. He he did. He hit it on the roof of the house across yeah. the street from the ballpark. Yeah. On the fly. On the fly. <laughs> I I still to this day never seen and I've been to a lot of baseball games I've still never seen anything like that if that building wasn't there it would have still been going and the reason I remember it being the Brewers is because that was not that long after the Brewers had come over to the National League every Cubs Brewers game was wild (laughs) I mean they were all 11 to 9 it felt like okay I kind of see uh the most fun games were always those Brewers Cubs games because somebody was yeah somebody was losing eleven to nine. And I see what, uh, how that got assistance to get hit as as far as it did because I'm looking at the trees uh, as it's going out. It was one of those winds. It was blowing way oh, out. Yeah. And hard. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he didn't hit that into the wind, but still, <laughs> I mean, absolute like launched. But even with that win, I you know I never seen someone hit it out of the stadium and onto the roof of the house across the street. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, that, but I, I was watching it too on TV, and I, yeah, I remember the definitely. So, yeah, yeah, that was one of the when I still had season tickets. That was one of the one of our games. He should be in the Hall of Fame over Scott Rowland just for that homer. But, yeah, hey, we have a Hall of Fame. And we have a, a visual did. wing of the Hall of Fame. We might have to put in a clip. Uh, this is true. We, we very well might have to. <laughs> All right. Ready to call right, I hope everyone's ready. Yeah. I hope everyone's ready for the big game tomorrow. I'm definitely ready to, to hit the sack. And I'm glad, I'm glad I don't have to do anything uh, tomorrow besides pack up and, and leave here and go get some, some grub on the way home. I don't have to do the show. Just watch the game. That's about it. Uh, I don't know when I'm gonna. I don't know when we're gonna be getting out of here. So I might be, you know, in transit as the game is going on. So just in case you oh, text wow, me about okay. something, like, you know, I, I may not be watching live. I may have to. Might have to catch up. Yeah, and I, I would say unless there's something schedule conflict wise, I'm good for. Uh, do we want to recap on Tuesday? I think I'm doing so. No, no, no. That's Valentine's. I'll, I'll be. Uh, oh no, that's a bad. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, that's bad. So I mean, I could do Wednesday. No, that's bowling. Though, so that's be... bowling. All right, because I was thinking about because we usually would do the recaps pretty soon, not wait too long. But yeah, I'm good if we want to do next. Uh, I'm good next Saturday night. Okay. Saturday night is fine. That'll work for me. So we'll do that. We'll recap the Super Bowl. Uh, hopefully, get, go go Eagles. Go Chiefs. Go Pats. Win by more than one. <laughs> yeah, you don't want Eagles uh, 25-24. That, that wouldn't uh, work for you. Missed some mixed extra pointers. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be perfect. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, that, that would screw both of us because I'd still lose money. I'm uh, I'm not taking uh, Chiefs plus one and a half. I'm I'm definitely doing money. Oh, you're not getting cute. You're not Eagles on the money no. line here. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. 
right. I'm not hedging. <laughs> oh man, that'd be good. So, okay, I'm I'm ready. Let's 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 just get this game over with. I'm with you. Uh, next Saturday, uh, 10 Eastern, 9 Central, for our Super Duper Bowl recap. Um, the uh, the Academy Awards are in are coming up in at the beginning of March, and I know that because yeah. I was actually texting with Dave, the movie ex- expert. He's actually already watching uh, some of the Oscar movies, so he's getting good because I'm not. <laughs> That's why he's on the show because we don't watch him, so he he, right. he, does. he watches the movies, so we don't have to. That's right. So he, he's he's in the he's in the lab. He's already getting his work in, and he's getting ready for for that show. So uh, don't know when we'll be back on after the uh, Super Bowl recap, but looking forward to the Oscar show coming up in March, and of course yeah. all of well, our other usually, uh, off- usually take shows. a little hiatus after once the Super Bowl's over and we recap it. We always take a, like a three four week hiatus usually. Yeah, uh, Wait, yeah we're not we used to the Super Bowl like being mid. February. I mean, we're going to be doing our <laughs> recap on February 18th, which is just wild. We're almost yeah. into baseball. Right. We're doing our recap, and then there'll be pitchers and catchers reporting, like, right after that. Uh, but as the Super Bowl gets uh, later and later, they keep pushing it. So that's, that's, that's yeah. how it goes. Then we'll have to do our XFL preview show. Um, I don't think I'll be ready for that one. Oh, okay. Just... I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be doing any XFL DFS. I'm not that degenerate yet with my DFS. This is the XFL! I don't think uh, we will be handling that at all. <laughs> yeah, the NFL is long enough, the, the season, and it's getting longer. I'm sure, uh, like we keep saying, they're not going to stick with 17 games forever. They're going to get that to 18 at some point. So just don't know when they're going to come with that. All right. Everybody enjoy the Super Duper Bowl tomorrow. Hopefully, uh, it's enjoyable. It's uh, I, like I said, I got a low score, but I don't have it as a bad game or, or a slog or anything. I just think it's going to be lower scoring than most people do. So I think they're going to really both try to, to establish the run and uh, try to keep their the other defenses off their quarterbacks. Uh, at least I think that I think that'd be the smart thing to do. Uh, so unless you have anything else, I think we're we're finished here. No, I'm good. All right, he is Jay, I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast, getting you ready for the big game tomorrow. We will come back next Saturday to recap everything that happened in the Super Duper Bowl, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Enjoy the big game. Enjoy the American holiday that is the Super Bowl, and we will talk to you next Saturday.